Frank Gore Jr., Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and you listen to Fun Belt Podcast, Southern Miss to the Top. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds a lot of fun. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering information. With all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Fun Belt Podcast, stepping up our game and going video. Dusty Thibodeau of Warhawk Report, Jeremy Harper of HowRazor.com, Shane Metlin of the Daily News Record. Guys, we've uh, we started off with, with just a raw podcast. We had an intro music. Jeremy added some sound effects, and now we're going full video. I I feel so proud that we've we've grown up, and we're going out into the wild now. Uh, it's a little gross. It's a little disgusting. There needs to be more filters, you know, like that Carrie Lake filter that makes it all fuzzy. That's what we need. We if need. We could do like a Snapchat filter, maybe. Yeah, or one that gives you a mustache or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing every anybody who likes this podcast, what they were really hoping for was that they get to look at three middle aged guys like yeah. after talk. I mean, nothing would get me off the couch. More than downloading a show where I can watch three attractive men talk about some about football, especially one with a really bad internet connection <laughs> that freezes all the time. It's crazy. We haven't even released this episode, and yet we have no more uh, no more Twitter or X followers. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Is it my internet that's freezing? Because you were yes. freezing. Okay. As always, it's yours. Yeah. Is it me? All right. All right. Huh. All and right. now everyone gets to see what we deal with on a raw live show. All the time. All the time. So we had a great conversation last week with the commish of the Sicko Committee. And it came up, Jeremy, and, and you and Shane did not want to believe me. When we started talking about the best ever running backs in Sunbelt Conference history. And I'll give you this. I said my personal favorite was Alfred Morris of Florida Atlantic. Yeah. The the goat of the league for running backs, without a doubt, Terrell Fenroy. Without a doubt. I he, think the uh, argument there yeah. is, is who's two through ten on that list. Well, all right. So uh, Tyrell Fenroy, you know, he did have the most yards. Of anybody who's ever played in the Sun Belt, the most rushing yards, but he does not have the most touchdowns. You know who has the most touchdowns? Who has the most touchdowns? Elijah McGuire, also a Louisiana running back. And also another solid back. 
another solid back. So I don't know. There's a, a couple other guys too that you kind of forget about because because they're t- they're no longer with the Sun Belt. Like Larry Rose the third. Remember him? That guy was unstoppable. He he was somewhat recruited to come to ULM with a teammate of his. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name from Mexia, Texas. Yeah, and the ULM coach like we already got a running back. We don't we don't need him. So he goes into Mexico State and just destroys the league. Yeah. And especially ULM every time they played him. Absolutely. And he would destroy everybody. He was great. Another guy, you know, that we he's in the NFL now. He's still doing well. Matt Breida. Georgia oh, Southern. And, and, and it's surprising that a running back from Georgia Southern flies <laughs> under the radar that most people forget about him. I know, I know, because it's Georgia Southern. But you know, some of the you know, like sometimes you have to look back and like some of these newbies, you have to make sure that their great running backs didn't like do all their greatness in other leagues. You know, like Georgia Southern has, you know, like a long history of great running backs, but they've only been in the league since what 2012 or 2014, whatever it was. But anyway, you know what, Jordan Chun, remember him from uh from Troy. Great no, I saw that on the, the list that you sent over. I do not remember that guy in the least bit. You don't remember Jordan Chun from no. Troy. My no. God, he was great. I love Jordan Chun. I thought he was going to be a pro for sure because he's one of those big sort of bruising running backs for Troy. Always got the hard yards. Didn't really go far. I was surprised. Elijah Mitchell from Louisiana. We forget about him. I think he's still... I think, was he with San Francisco right now? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Cox, the great Marcus Cox from Appalachian State. Now, he played a few years uh, in FCS before he ended up, or before uh, he, the uh, Mountaineers ended up in, uh, in the Sun Belt. But he was, he was one of those guys that just got the yards every year. Lance Dunbar, North Texas. Not the North Texas back that I think of when we talk about North Texas backs. I think of Patrick Cobb. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Cobb, too. And Jamario Thomas. I don't Thunder remember. Lightning. They, remember they played Cobb. the exact same time. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And this then, has yeah. to be you guys' conversation as the old school Sun Belters. Yeah. Cause, you know, I was wondering if we were going to do this like, um, you, you don't follow the ACC as much probably where you are, but it's, it's always a big joke. Uh, the ACC legends, it'll be like, you know, Doug Flutie, ACC legend that they announced at like the ACC championship. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously never played a down of ACC football, but that's what a conference realignment does for you. Oh my God. Did he never play ACC football? No, he or played what, big the Big East with uh, Boston College. Oh, yeah, but the, they announce guys like that all the time. It's, they they have this ACC Legend Series. They announce it at their um, conference championship game or the basketball tournament, and it's always guys like, you know, yeah, Doug Flutie never played it down in the ACC. Denny Crum, you know, same thing. It, it's always something like that with those uh, teams that are new to the league. Well, that's what you, when you look at the record book for the Sun Belt and you, you look at these names. Yeah, you, you, there's probably plenty of, of guys out there that, like for Western Kentucky, for instance, you know, played half a half a career in the Sun Belt, played another career in CUSA. That would be interesting to look and see what kind of splits happen. Yeah, I know uh, 
uh, Middle Tennessee had some great running backs too. One thing I did notice, and maybe you can explain this to me, uh, Tibbs, I did see a lot of great, like on the list of great Sunbelt running backs, Warhawks don't show up. Does the Warhawks just never have great running backs? Not when they're going head to head with like Terrell Fenroy and McGuire and Larry Rose third, Reggie Arnold there from Arkansas. No, not comparatively. Now, uh, Calvin Dawson, I think, was right at a 4,000 yard rusher, but he was kind of overshadowed at the time by Terrell Fenroy. So (laughs) he was not player of the year. He was not, uh, you know, at a fair time for the record books. So. ULM's all-time leading rusher is uh, nowhere to be found in there. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What, what I always think of ULM, I always think of of uh, of uh, uh, great wide receivers, you know, and 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 quarterbacks that can throw the ball. I never think of like just bruising power running backs. Not like the Cajuns that just seems to churn those guys out every year. It's just <laughs> that's just not what you see. No, yeah, they're definitely more of a quarterback and, and receiver, tight end type of uh, university, and then defensive side there, of course. So, Shane, so that you don't feel left out, you're <laughs> familiar with with all the the new additions there on the East Coast. Who would you say would be the greatest running back there out of JMU, ODU, and Marshall? Oh man, it's tough. I mean, and I'm more, definitely more familiar with JMU. I mean, I might go with like a, you know, Khalid Abdullah rushed for like 1,800 yards when they won the FCS championship in 2016. Uh, that'd probably be my pick for JMU. Uh, you know, going back further on some of those. I mean, ODU, they've only been playing football for about a decade. So, I mean, it's not. And Taylor Heineke carried their offense in their glory days. So, mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of hard to pick anybody as far as running backs for ODU. Marshable too. I mean, obviously they've got good running backs. They've got good running backs right now, but you know, their glory days, we're talking about, you know, quarterbacks and wide receivers. Yeah. Pennington Leftwich, uh, Randy Moss. Yeah. Uh, There was another good receiver in that time frame, but I forget his name. Yes. I know we'll hear, we'll hear from both of these fan bases to tell us who we should be talking about. For sure. Like it's not, which is great. Please, please fill us in. Yeah. I I feel like for Old Dominion that, the answer, even though the wrong sport and everything, should be uh, Justin Verlander. <laughs> That's the wrong sport. I mean, Taylor Heineke, he was a dual threat. I mean, we'll call True. him we'll call him running back. So on that note, we shift gears yeah. to where are we at, guys? Week five of the are season? Are we shifting to the present? Yes. No, week six. This is week we six. six? Yes. Oh my god! I, I, I'm in denial. I don't want the season to end. It's not going to end. It's there's still plenty of football to be played, Tibbs. It, it'll mean, be here before you know it. I mean, they they is. just released that that they're going to have basketball media days coming up. That's true. And first of all, yes, it's usually the end of football season for ULM fans because by now they're pretty much out of the the discussion for any championship talk. But I yes, can't wait for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we've been. Us Red Wolves fans have been very uh, obnoxious the last three weeks, so you'll have to bear with us. Just the last three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I did notice the Sun Belt snuck in the the Sun Belt media days for basketball. Like suddenly you get the email, oh look, it's mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna have it. it's gonna be like October eighteenth or something. 
Like, what? Hey, thanks for letting us know. Thanks. For it's like us. it's like getting a wedding invitation from somebody who's not really your friend, and they yeah. they send it two weeks before the wedding, so that hoping you will uh, respectfully us. say no on your RSVP. Send I'm a gift anyway. I'm surprised they didn't send us a gift registry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like we'll, we'll send Keith Gill a toaster, but I, I won't be able to attend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're all going off or online for that one because uh, I, I don't see myself making that trip to New Orleans. Now, if I had gotten maybe a couple months notice, I might have been able to do that. But that's exciting. I'm excited about basketball season this year. I would love to have a big discussion with the coaches and stuff. Tibbs, you going? No, not in the least bit. Not not enough lead time to get off of work. So I will probably even have to just watch the replays. Probably won't even get to watch it live on the Zoom. See, I work for myself, so I probably do a little bit of live. You know, I'll probably bill it somewhere. But yeah. Shane said your boss was kind of a prick. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but he's also damn good looking. So until we get on the video. Yeah, and then all the boards show up. Oh, my God. So are we ready to talk week six now, Jeremy, or do you want to are we, are drag we gonna do out and talk short? something else? Are we going to do second and short? Because it's kind of a short week. You know, it, it is. is a very short week. Maybe we could do fourth and a mile. <laughs> yeah, it might be more like a third and long or, or, or what have you. But no, no, we got five teams out. Let, let's count them off. Who Who's out this week? It's It's... It's uh, James Madison. They're not playing. Oh, my Shane, what are you going to do this weekend? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Georgia Southern, they're taking a rest. Georgia State. State. Everybody in Georgia's taking off. Southern Miss and Appalachian State. Those are the five teams taking breathers. And they'll probably enjoy it. I think next week there's some more guys taking breathers. But yeah, Southern okay. Miss plays this week. Wait, Southern Miss plays this week? Yeah. Yeah, they host ODU. Oh, they do. God, I got I got this totally wrong. Then who's missing? Seems like there's one uh, other. Game. Who is missing? Hmm, maybe it's just the four. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, because there's five conference games, so it's ten teams playing. Ten teams, off. and then eleven with the non-conference. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I stand corrected. I'll have to I'll have to correct my article. That's really embarrassing. You know, Shane, that's why we have legitimate or legitimate journalists on this program is because you keep us honest. Yeah. You you're the one that does the fact check. You're the one who 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 believes in the integrity of the press. Dusty and Jeremy, we're just two guys just spouting off. We don't have the training that you have. When when all the math I have to do is 10 plus 4, I can I can figure stuff out. <laughs> can you do that? Yeah. Jeremy's awesome fingers from uh, last 4th of July. <laughs> All right. Second and short. All right. You know the rules. We set up the, the game. And then I go ahead and point out to one of you to lead it off. And then the second one of you finishes off. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Every game, October 7th on Saturday. All times are central. Marshall, five and zero. Oh. They get North Carolina State. They're three and two. One p.m. on the CW Network. I didn't even know they were showing football games, but apparently they show a lot of ACC games. Wolfpack is a six and a half point favorite. Okay, whatever. You know, you got Marshall's the visiting team. 
but does that seem fair to you, Shane? That Marshall, with its defense and even with with its it, the quarterback playing fairly well, better than I thought he would be playing, old Cam Fancher. Do you think that Marshall's really the underdog in this game? I think it's a fair line, but it's also a line. I mean, it's a game I would be very tempted to bet Marshall mm-hmm. on at that line. I mean, if, if that makes sense, it's a, Absolutely. you know, I mean, NC State's the home team. So you give them a few points there and then you're basically calling it a field goal game, which makes some sense to me with NC State breaking in a new quarterback, uh, changing, yes. making a change there against a really good Marshall defense. I think that, you know, opens up the possibility of uh, something a little bit weird happening. And uh, not that Marshall winning would be that weird, but I mean, I just could see a scenario where Marshall has the advantage with a veteran defense going against a quarterback getting his first start of the year. Yeah. The Wolfpack, they're benching Virginia transfer. Brennan Armstrong and giving the sophomore MJ Morris his shot, which seems to me that 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 either gives the Wolfpack a shot in the arm or it's just disarray. Tibbs, do you have any weigh in on this? Do you have any hard feelings? First of all, I give props to Marshall okay. for breaking out the creative tweet for football or football. It doesn't really? matter. The herd are great at it with their men's soccer team being number one in the nation. Football sitting at 4-0 and currently on the season. Uh-huh. I like the herd. I like the huff shuffle. I like the CW. They have the green frog. It's a sign <laughs> that Marshall gets the dub. Uh, you know what? I kind of feel the same way. I, 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 the herd just keeps surprising me. You know, they, they keep on like, 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 uh, I, I thought the herd was, were, were not going to be very good. They're undefeated this year. What can I say? So at 2.30, about an hour and a half later on ESPNU, we get a pretty good game in the Sun Belt West. Texas State 4-1 and one at Louisiana 3-2. and two. Cajuns get the one point. Hey, we're the home team, guys. I, you know, Texas State behind TJ Finley, TJ Finley's been just dynamite. I don't know if the Cajuns have enough defense to keep him in check. Tibbs, what do you think of this game? What do you, 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 This seems like a game that'd be right in your wheelhouse. This definitely seems like a semifinal for the West right now. Ooh. Two of the top teams. Yeah. I think talent-wise in the West, especially right. since that team in Mobile has gravely let us down once again. I know you're so, so pissed off. I like the Boobcats in this. I think that they're the hottest team. I think that they have the best offense. They've had some pretty good defense, but even if their defense is not very good on Saturday, I think that they can literally outscore and beat the Cajuns. Mm. I'm hoping for a good shootout because I think that that'll make it exciting. It'll be on ESPNU. It'll be good for the league, but Viva La Boobcat, GJ gets another conference win. TJ Finley, the only Sunbelt quarterbacks who have tossed more touchdowns this year than he has. Joey Aguilar of Appalachian State and uh, and Davis Brin of Georgia Southern. They both have 12. 
What do you think, Shane? Apply your Heisman Trophy voter intellect onto this game. Yeah, well, you mentioned him being up there with the touchdown leaders in the conference. Mm-hmm. He's also only thrown one interception, which kind of separates him from those two guys yes. at this yes. point. I mean, he's just been really good. I, I, I'm kind of with Dusty. I think, I think they can outscore Louisiana, and I think they can win this game. And you know, for all the talk about this team's five and zero, this team's five and one that I've been hearing lately in various G five conferences, uh-huh. if Texas State wins this one, they're five and one, and like have a big 12 win like when are we gonna start talking about like what the ceiling is for texas state if they win this one i mean uh, it, it would be, it would be time to say hey these guys are the favorite in the sunbelt west right i'm still waiting to see how does texas state get screwed out of a bowl game this year <laughs> <They'll> find a <laughs> way seven and five they were screwed out their last season in the wax six and six the first year in the sunbelt yep. screwed out of a ball game how, how are they going to get screwed this year now, the Cajuns yeah. do have two solid running back tandem. What a big surprise that they would have a running back tandem and Jacob Cabote and Draylon Washington. You know, that'll be a tough match for the Texas Bobcats. But, yeah, Texas Bobcats also has Ishmael Mondi. Nine total t- t- uh, touchdowns among the tops in the nation. All right. At 3 p.m. on ESPN Plus, our favorite station, by the way, ESPN Plus. Two, three, and two teams in the Sun Belt West go after it. One's kind of on the rise. The other one's sort of like kind of treading water a little bit. Arkansas State at Troy. Trojans given a 16-and-a-half-point cushion on this by Vegas, by the guys in the dark glasses. I, You know, here's the thing. Troy is heavily favored because, one, the nation witnessed Oklahoma pound the Red Wolves 73-0. to zero. Two, the Trojan defense, which is pretty good, is ranked 24th in the nation. And three, Troy is a hard place to pick up a win. Tibbs, how do you see this game shaking out? I've been pre- pleasantly surprised with the Red Wolves rising up. Yeah, okay. I love freshmen. I love the freshman playing of Jalen Raynor. Yeah. But on Carlton Marshall Day in Troy. <laughs> oh, God. The Trojans are going to showcase why they won the West last year and why they're trying to claw their way back in to be atop the, the West standings this year. It's going to get ugly, Jeremy. I mean, not Oklahoma ugly, but it's going to get ugly. You know, with Carlton Marshall, you know, leaving – yeah, I guess aging out, becoming a senior and graduating and moving on to better things. I really thought that that defense would take a step down. I think they're ranked something like 14th or 15th for rushing. They don't allow more. They allow less than 100 yards a game. It's a little bit about J- like JMU. Shane, what do you think this game is going to shake out for you? How is it going to shake out? I, I'm not in the opinion of Dusty that it's going to get ugly. Okay. I think Troy's going to win, but I think Arkansas State can keep it competitive because, I mean, for one thing, you know, Troy, when they blow somebody out, we're still talking about, you know, 28 points on the board. And I think, you know, Arkansas State's capable of putting up some points with Jalen Rayner, you know, jump-starting that offense there. I think Troy's going to win this one, and I think 
you know, we talk about them crawling back into the the race. They've only lost one conference game. Same with South Alabama. I mean, we're kind of being hard on them, I think, to some degree. But, um, you know, I yeah, I think they're going to win this one by a, a relatively slim margin, a touchdown or two. And I think they, you know, are back in the conference race after that. It would be really cool for me if Arkansas State wins this game. Because I will be completely insufferable, gentlemen. I will be like constantly like evaluating everybody else's teams, giving unsolicited advice, you know, like talking about what, how, where I'm going to spend my bowl game time. Should we be ranked in the top 25? I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I want my arrogance. All the, all the more reason that I want Troy to win this damn game. <laughs> yeah. You want Troy to win because I will be insufferable. If, if Arkansas State wins, it might be a solo Jeremy show on Monday. <laughs> That's right. It's just the Jeremy show. Let's, it'll be all about Arkansas State. Next game, 6 p.m. at night. ESPN Plus, our favorite network. Oh, South Alabama. Oh, this is a good game, Tibbs. South Alabama at ULM. A little bit like Mountaineers at ULM, in my opinion. 11 and a half points favored by Jags. We all know that the Jags are going to be disappointing. And the Warhawks are kind of a team on the rise. I mean, Jaya, right? That guy looked like it. He looks like a quarterback who is just discovering his superpowers. Like every time he picks up the ball, he, he discovers something else. I really feel good about the Warhawks in this game. It's hard to win in Monroe. The Jags just don't seem to know how. To put anything together, I'm going to throw it to you, Tibbs. Are you feeling the same way? It depends. Okay. And, 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 and the reason I say that, I agree with you that the Bayou is a tough place to get to. Yes. The Jags are kind of a shit show. Yes. But are the Warhawks still on their pity party from <laughs> last week's game against Appalachian State? Or have they moved on? to kind of reset that mindset like they had going into that Appalachian State game. If they had it reset, Warhawks are going to cover. Warhawks are probably going to win. Because I don't see the Jaguars finally getting it to snap together in Malone Stadium. Mm. Okay. Because, you know, I I, I see that too. You know what? I I feel like the Warhawks may may have gotten a boost playing Appalachian State, and even in the loss, saying, hey, listen, we Appalachian State is traditionally one of the better teams in the league, and here we are just trading body blows with these guys. We should have won the game. We actually, we should have won that game. I could just feel like that they would take, like, maybe some energy out of that. Do you, do you, do you feel that way, Shane, that even in the loss, the Warhawks can look at that and go, hey, we bring something to the table here? I think I think that could be the case, but I mean, honestly, this game, I have no idea what to expect from either team. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin predicting this one because, you know, I really thought ULM, like the entire game against App State, I thought they were going to win, like right up until a kick was crossing the plane of the crossbar. Like I thought they were going to win that game. And I, I just don't know where they go from here is this going to be another one of those years where that's 
man, we, we lost a lot of close games. Or are they going to pull one of these out? It's, I, I really don't know what to think about either team going into this one. Yeah, you know what what we saw, uh, Aguilar, 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 God, Aguilar is a good quarterback, throws a lot of touchdowns, threw some touchdowns against the Warhawks, but man, that Warhawks defensive line gave him problems. And Carter Bradley has not been the usual Carter Bradley that we've seen from South Alabama. I wouldn't be surprised. If ULM has a game plan for Carter Bradley, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Last game of the evening, you're like, wow, that was quick. It's because, you know, all these guys are taking some time off. Yeah. Old Dominion, two and three, at Southern Miss, 6 p.m., ESPN Plus. Southern Miss gets the home field advantage, one and a half points. Man, I can't think of two teams that are more desperate for a win right now, except I imagine Southern Miss is more desperate for a win. But Ronnie looks like a coach who is frustrated with the game right now. He looked frustrated after losing that 21-point lead and the game to Marshall. He just looked – he was frustrated the game before when people were booing his quarterback. He just seems like an aggravated guy. Shane, is there more pressure on Old Dominion or on Southern Miss to win this game? I say more pressure on Southern Miss because one, they're playing at home. Two, there are higher expectations for Southern Miss going into the season, and it's circling the drain right now if they can't get a win yeah. <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah, you know, you're kind of right, Shane, because the 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 discussion heading in the media days was Old Dominion's not going to have a good team this year. So any wins that they received was going to be gravy, right? But Southern Miss, it was like, hey, they had that 6-6 six and six, uh, uh, season, won the bowl game. Wow, they're a team on the rise. And they don't look like anything like that team. Uh, Tibbs, what do you think about the Southern Miss team? Are they cooked? Uh, backs against the wall, pants <laughs> around ankles, flapping in the wind, whatever other analogy you want, that is Southern Miss. Losers of four straight. The Arkansas State game was was close, but it was on the road. At home, they've done nothing. They've, they've kind of laid the egg, including last week against Texas State. Old Dominion, they're not really impressing me much either, but I feel like that they are not necessarily in a fight-or-flight, desperate uh, situation yet. Yeah. I think Southern Miss wins it because it's at home, but it's going to be an ugly game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it could be ugly because Grant Wilson threw three picks against, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Texas A&M Commerce. They go with Jack Shields and he throws three picks the next week. I don't know what's happening at quarterback, but I'm sure that Jay Stanley and that, Southern Miss defense would love to have some picks would love to have some turnovers and turn those into points. I think it's going to be golden Eagles, but it could also be the Monarchs. It could be either one. It could, it really could. <laughs> one of those two teams is going to win. It's going to be one of those two. No, teams. They're, they're just going to keep playing overtime after overtime after overtime. And it's, 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 it's like a, overtime. It, it, it's a six, nothing game. Uh, it, it, this could be like a two to three game. I can see that. 
All right, and that's the end, guys, of Second and Short. Good work. Well done. You guys were awesome. Give yourselves a hand. But now, even better. Okay. It's plugs, promos, and parting shots. Shane, if you would, please lead us in on our first video podcast with a plug, promo, or parting shot. Oh, uh, well, since we're still two days away from the next X League game, I don't have much to talk about there. So I will plug dnronline.com slash sports. You can read about um, JMU, the whole Sun Belt, plenty of high school sports if you're into uh, Shenandoah Valley high school action. But, oh, oh, you know, you probably want to be looking for some uh, for some Sun Belt stuff and you can find it on dnronline.com. Are you going to expand your coverage to cover the X League? I would like to. I may. I might start a blog for the X League. Oh yeah, yeah. And maybe make it a little extra green because it's going to get huge. Yeah, people love it. My promo, Sean Clark. I appreciate it on live on his radio stream this past week where he talked about whether you win in College Station or you win in Monroe. Sean Clark celebrates, and that's just the way it is. With some kind of expletive mixed in there. I forget exactly what he said. But it was great to see him just lividly excited that, yeah, he's going to celebrate every win the same. It doesn't matter where it is or who it's against. That's it. That's your observation. That's all I had. (laughs) I'm happy for Sean Clark. Great. I'm glad that, you know, he finds... You know, all the, the the little things to cheer about. You know, some coaches would be upset going into Monroe, a heavy favorite, and having to squeak by with that win. But not Sean Clark. He's like, yeah, nailed it. It's like that 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 uh that classic meme. Is it Beamer, Bremer, the coach of Virginia Tech? And it's like Frank Frank Beamer. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're going overtime. It's three to three. Love that thing. All right. So, uh, hey, you guys watch. Um, are you guys Star Wars fans? Not I've really. It. No, no. Yeah. That's strange. It's going to make this hard. So, yeah, I do watch Star Wars. I, I You know, I grew up with it. Yeah. I, I One of my cherished memories as a child is watching uh, The Empire Strikes Back. I was a little too young for Star Wars when it first came out, so it was Empire Strikes Back. That was the first one of the first movies I ever saw in the in the theater, and it was just captured my mind. It was great, and so I followed it. And now, you know, with the Disney Channel, I I'll, I'll watch the new shows that come out: The Mandalorian, Obi Wan. Uh, then lately, there's this new one, uh, Ahsoka, which uh, is a uh, character that's sort of a derivative from this uh cartoon uh that that they came out with about the clone wars it's really it's really nerdy and irritating but here's the thing here's what i've learned about the jedi the jedi are probably the most boring people in the universe they sit around in robes they commune in like this sort of semi-circle and they ju- make their little judgments they're not allowed to get it on with the opposite sex. They call themselves general. They go out and they like do little fights and stuff. And they ponder what it means to be a Jedi almost endlessly. And I'm like, how did the Jedi become this huge marketing juggernaut 
They are so dull. I wouldn't want to be a Jedi. I don't care if you get a, 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 a lightsaber. I don't care if you get cool force powers. You are the most boring person at the party. If you're a Jedi and you show up at a house party and everybody's having a good time, you're the guy sitting on the couch talking to the dog. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.